Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. All right. So a lot of things are happening all at once today. First of all, it's St. Patrick's Day. That's that won't it will infuse the show without materially changing it. But it is St. Patrick's Day. It's also the first day that I've set foot in this building where the radio studios of Connecticut Public, WNPR, etc. are. I mean, I just have given Cat Pastor two hand signals for the first time in a year. Um, so a year ago. Exactly a year ago, we canceled the, this show. The, our annual show about March Madness, about basketball, was the, was the show that we had to cancel as it was clear that we were going to lose this building uh, and have to kind of go to the mattresses and set up studios in our homes. Uh, so this was the show that, that bit the dust as a result of that. And by the next day, I think, if I'm understanding the history that's being passed along to me by Jonathan McPants, by the next day, we were on the air with a remote show. So it is so strange uh, that I'm – the reason that I am back here is that I am two weeks out from my second Pfizer shot uh, exactly today so I can be here. Uh, we'll talk about somebody really famous who, uh, who wound up testing uh, positive for COVID I think five days after his second shot. Uh, and that will affect everything that we're going to be talking about today about basketball. But first of all, we have to bring back to our team. We, we have for many years, more years than I care to count, uh, which is to say I couldn't find them in the notes right now anyway, uh, assembled a, uh, a duo, a dynamic duo. Uh, one of them is Bill Curry, who plays the part of Bill Curry on our show on a regular basis, uh, is, uh, of course, a political legend in Connecticut, uh, former White House staffer, so many other things. And he thinks he knows a lot about basketball, and we don't have the heart to contradict that. So, And meanwhile, Julia Pistel, a founding member of CT Improv, among many, many other things, she has actually produced episodes of this show, uh, I believe, anyway. <laughs> Anyway, in, in one of the many <laughs> manifestations of Julia Pastel and her Pastelness, um, uh, she is the other half of this. She doesn't know anything about basketball, but has, over the years, been able to come up with some remarkable ways of figuring out these incredibly complicated brackets. So that's who's here. A little bit later, we'll be talking to the president of the University of Hartford. The University of Hartford. Uh, is in the big dance, and the men's team is in the big dance for the first time ever, uh, and that's very, very exciting. Uh, and so, um, but it is St. Patrick's Day. So, Bill Curry, uh, I'd like you to name the greatest Irish basket basketball player ever. Uh, oh wow, tough one, Bill Walton. No, it's Shaquille O'Neal. Come on now, yeah. <laughs> what's wrong with you? Of course, it's Shaquille O'Neal. Um, well, actually, if Shaquille O'Neal is Irish, it's still Bill Walton. 
Uh, all right. Well, but, but a close call. It's possible. Uh, but a close call. Yeah, but I, but, I but it what has is, been healthy though, Walt. But there's no Jermaine Walton, you know, to back him up though, is there? Now no. there's two O'Neill boys. <laughs> no Jermaine Walton. <laughs> all right. But then you got your Chris Mullen. You got yeah. your Kevin McHale. And there's actually um, uh, an actual citizen of Ireland, Patrick Burke, who played for the Phoenix Suns, and I think who maybe one played, of yes, who played for Phoenix for a couple of seasons and played almost everywhere in the world. And um, and as an and as a fellow uh, Irishman, I would just like to say that, that Patrick was also one of the greatest players of all time. There you go. Uh, it's it's by the day. way, yeah. one of the greatest guards of all time from Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, son of Irish immigrants, Johnny Egan, who was an All-American at Providence and started in the NBA hmm. in the same backcourt with Jerry West and uh, had a great career. And so your all-Irish team. Oh, it's impressive. Looks looks pretty darn good when you uh, think about it. Practically invented the sport. Plus, we're the only, I mean, there's no, you know, there's no, I don't know, Boston Italians. There's no, new, I mean, we have actually a team that's named after our ethnicity. Think about that, too. I think that's pretty good. By the way, just on that question of the Irish inventing it, I, I, I will have to just concede one sore point yeah. uh, uh, for the Irish, and that is that uh, that basketball was invented uh, by a Scot. Uh, Naismith. Uh, James Naismith yeah. uh, was uh, also a family just over from Scotland and yeah. also Canada. I mean, right. Scotland and Canada invented the uh, the great American sport of basketball. Right. Well, My mom I think I know it's, it's good to give them their due. They've got so little, the Scots. Yeah. So, you know, let's. But then after that, no one played. Right. You know, so yeah. that's when the, the Scots made a huge <laughs> uh, impression, it's invented the game and then disappeared. Scots wouldn't pay him. That's why. All right. So, um, Julia, this is the kind of conversation that you, you could jump into uh, very, very easily. But Sure. Um... No, I've learned nothing over the years. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's many listeners say the same uh, about all the shows, really. So. Um, <laughs> We we should um, we should revisit. Just give us a, a reminder of some of the techniques that you yeah. you have used over the years uh, okay, to to so, predict outcomes. Yeah, this is getting yeah, start with cheating. Difficult. Uh, there's no cheating when it's <laughs> random chance, Bill. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, my first year, I anagrammed all the team names, and then one year I did like state capital mottos against each other, and which were more inspiring. Um, I've I've done a lot of different things, but I I have to say I'm super super excited about my method this year, and I'm. I don't know if I'll ever beat it again. All right. Well, you can't say that. And then uh, I think we have to unveil it uh, this very second. What is, what is the method this year? Okay. This year, I looked up for every single team the ghost that haunts their university or otherwise haunted <laughs> happenings and decided which was scarier. So, so, um, so wow. my whole bracket is university, urban legends, and ghost stories. Give us give us a sample. That is superb. Yeah. But. That the, the year in which you pick the teams based on whose mascot could beat up the other mascot. Oh yeah, that's that a good. hard year. That's yeah. a very competitive entry in this in this field. Although yeah, but, I, I think a number of teams changed their mascots as well. So they went from bull, yeah. from bulldogs to dragons because, like <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. Uh, no, they heard about Julia and they thought, well, well we we we're getting the memo. We'll, we'll change. Yeah, it. they were like, this is really embarrassing. Yeah. What does a big orange blob do? <laughs> um. Um, so um, so give us a sample matchup. Give us a kind of a sense of this, and then we'll sure. bring Bill back in for some you know attempt to really talk. From a more yeah. basketball-based approach. Yeah, there is. Um, there's so many good ones. This was a really good time. Um, so here I'll present to you um, LSU 
Um, they have a ghost who haunts a dorm and plays computer games by himself. <laughs> and so they're going down. Yeah, I think that's called. Yeah. I think that's actually called a sophomore. I don't think it's a ghost, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, there we'll we'll get into it, but there's a lot of recurring themes: uh, nuns, pregnant ladies, etc. So anything that had any flavor of uniqueness, I'm into. Yeah. Um, but they're matching up against. Uh, St. Bonaventure. Mm-hmm. How do I say that? Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, that's yeah. it. You got it. All right, great. Um, and they yeah. found... But they're, called the, uh, they're called the Bonnies. They're also called the Pregnant Ladies. So, uh, okay, great. So very bad well, they did, anyway. They had pretty much the opposite of a Pregnant Lady thing. They found a creepy Fiji mermaid in their attic. Um, so like a real Barnum Fiji mermaid. So creepy Fiji mermaid versus... Ghost who plays computer games. I had to give it to the computer game guy because at least he has a motive. Right. That here's this is how my thinking is going. So LSU dominated in that particular match. No, I realize you didn't have time to really kind of immerse yourself in these legends and you know, really become granular yeah. about them. But like Fiji mermaid, like you know, is it? Can well, I just I'm so little, glad you went back for that. Yeah, it's just yeah. like I just does she so she kind of identifies Fijian or something. Well, do you know what a Fiji mermaid is? No, I did. It's a special oh, kind of mermaid. Oh my goodness! This is incredible, and it's a piece of Connecticut history. Okay. Um, you can go down to Bridgeport and learn more about this. So, P.T. Barnum, uh, he played basically tricks on the American public. He would fuse the head of a monkey onto the body of a fish, and then you know let it decompose, and then he would call it this Fiji mermaid that he discovered. <laughs> Um, extremely creepy. Everyone should Google image it right now. Uh, it's, it has just been slacked to me by Jonathan McPinch. It's really, <laughs> yeah. even without yeah. the smell, it's pretty unpleasant. Yeah, very unpleasant um, yeah. and very strange. Why? Well, okay. So, I, yeah, that doesn't really look like it could beat uh, a computer game player. So that's exactly a, right. Yeah. So, Bill, we should say a little bit uh, about just like the nature of, of play this year. I, I will be honest with everybody and say, this morning is when I really started to familiarize myself with the fact that basketball, college basketball, has been played this year. But it's really weird. Like some teams played a lot of games, some teams didn't play so many games, some teams played like the same teams over and over again, or they'd stop in the middle of the season. Or I mean, it isn't like everybody's kind of had the same basketball season. Some people, some teams actually canceled their seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, a number of them, and. Uh, you know, it, 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 the game, the game changes in so many different ways, but, but this has been an extraordinary thing to watch. Uh, I, I think that the COVID COVID hit college basketball uh, harder, a lot harder than it hit professional basketball. Um, one of the reasons just being that a huge part, why do people care about March madness? Uh, I think because they turn the TV on and all those students are just shouting and screaming and the, the atmosphere is just so great. When you when you take all that atmosphere out of an NBA game, uh, you're still left with the extraordinary artistry of you know Kawhi Leonard uh, or Jason Tatum. And uh, when you take all that uh, uh, out of the out of the out of a college game, you've taken out more. Uh, and so and so that's been part of it. Secondly, while the NCAA runs college sports with a pretty iron hand in most regards, the question of how to deal with COVID. Um, it has different conferences, different schools, all of which in some ways are more independent in the decisions they make. Um, you know, I mentioned canceling and suspending and changing schedules. These are all pretty much school decisions and also what kinds of precautions they're going to, to, to put into effect. Uh, 
the NBA has missed a few games since COVID started, but but the the, the college game has missed a lot of games. Uh, as I said, it's a whole season. So that's been affected. And I think lastly, I just want to say from a fan's perspective, and I don't know what it'll be like coming out of COVID for all of this, but um, I, I wonder if some things lose a little bit of their ability to entertain. And it may be the opposite. It may be that we're so happy for the entertainment that we treasure them even more. But there's this whole sort of reevaluation of life, I think, going on in America as, as we round into year two of this. And uh, and I think and I also think that by the way that some things depend on social connection. The what what fueled March Madness as much as anything is the office pool. And I don't know are they having a lot of Zoom office pools? Um, is it is it as much fun? Uh, uh, and uh, and so I just I think that there's a kind of a pall uh, over you know all of it uh, uh, to some degree and a change. Um, having said that. I'm praying that next year that the uh, you know the gymnasiums are packed and the game is back because uh, because I really I love it. Well, I mean, in a way, Julia, we're talking about basketball, but we're also talking about life. I think you could project what Bill said onto a lot of our lives. There are some things that I think have been enormously reassuring to us during a time of stress and, and quarantine and isolation, and then there are other things that just kind of don't seem all that relevant. Uh, at least not not right now. And and I think also as we as some things come back, we sort of wonder what I mean, you're probably wondering what it'll be like when there can be improv comedy again. Every single day. Um, I wonder that because I think to Bill's point, what we're missing, the biggest thing that everyone I would say has lost, whether you get it from church or theater or sports, it's all the same thing. Being in a huge crowd of people laughing or cheering or emoting together, taking that away has been so impactful to people's well-being, I think. And we don't even realize it. But I think when we get back to it, we're going to, you know, feel so euphoric. Um, I have no idea when that will be. However, I will say I think March Madness this year will be huge and really successful because a lot of people are still at home. Um, and they can finally watch all the games. Like, it did cross my mind this year. Maybe I would watch some games, um, but I probably won't. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy for the fans who get Humorous. to, like, dig in. <laughs> who get to dig in after all this time. I felt bad that everything was canceled last year. Um, like, when have we ever needed March Madness more than last March or the Olympics than last summer, you know? Julia, I have some bad news. Which is what? that uh, Katie Tularski, who's the big boss of this show, is saying that the Fiji Mermaid should have beaten the uh, player, the guy, the ghost who plays video games at LSU, and she wow. is filing an. Katie is such a contrarian. She's, though. she's filing an NCAA <laughs> appeal of this. So already, okay. there's a shadow. Yeah. The per first pick, you you better make another pick, just because there's a shadow now over your. Okay, first sure. Pick. Yeah. Um, there are so many great ones. This is we could do four hours on this. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, here we go. Um. All right. So moving around to Michigan versus Mount St. Mary's. All right. So we'll start with Mount St. Mary's. There was a soldier who would gaze up at the stars at the same time as his lover. And then he was killed and buried upside down in a well. And now it's said that he taps students on the shoulder, asking them to turn him right side up so he can look at the stars again. How, so, how does he tap? Classic if, how do, story. But how does he tap if his hands are like down below? In other words, so he, does he tap with his feet? 
Um, I guess. And that's kind of gross. <laughs> so that should affect the matchup, I think. Um, versus <laughs> uh, in Michigan, there there was a this is a great story. There were sounds in an attic of an old chapel and there was legends of a, a ghost there. This is in the 50s. But then it turned out it was a real guy, a student who wasn't doing well in his classes. And then he just quit society and lived in this chapel for like five or six years um and then they found him they were like get out and then he was like okay and then he completely reintegrated into normal society so i love that guy he won that matchup for me right and his name was j edgar hoover um <laughs> so um so that's that so what how are you picking it are you did you you got upside down, um, upside down soldier in a well. Guy wasn't really a ghost, but probably yeah. since it was the fifties, probably was a communist hiding in an attic. Uh, where are you going to go? So I go real guy because I think the real the real guy is scarier. It's scarier to find out that a ghost is real. And I think the logic we have to understand here is that the the basketball players they have been immersed in these stories and like they've had to mentally withstand these horrors so whoever's scarier is probably uh, producing better basketball players i guess that, that is sense, true right yeah first day of practice the coach usually does tell the team the, the ghost story of the college <laughs> just to sort of get that out of the way get it uh you know um, you know, Bill, we were talking about uh, the coronavirus uh, and uh, the way this affected all this stuff. And we should say, first of all, that in each case, the the March Madness is being held kind of in a place. So Mar- March Madness the, for the men is in Indianapolis. We have already had a problem there where six referees got there. Uh, their hotels rooms weren't ready and there wasn't any food for them. They went out to dinner and then I don't know whether it's a result of that or not. One of them tested positive. Uh, for for COVID, all six of them have been sent home. These are kind of elite, uh, top level college uh, refs. Uh, the women are down in San Antonio. Uh, each one of the regionals has a name, uh, like well, keyed to like the, one of them is called Riverwalk. Riverwalk, yeah, one of, yeah, women. yeah, yeah, and one of them is called Alamo. All that kind of stuff. But I mean, you know, close to home, we have a COVID story, which is Gino Ariama testing positive. I, I hope that everybody prints that story emphasizes that he has no symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the kind of story that can talk people who are already too easily talked out of it from taking the vaccine. Right. Uh, and um, he appears to be fine, but it's a reminder, you know, what if UConn or Stanford and the women's side or uh, uh, Gonzaga uh, uh, or, you know, Baylor, what, 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 you know, what if any of these teams suddenly had to leave the tournament because of COVID? Um, it would be a, and, and, and this could easily happen. Um, there's, 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 you really can't count on the, the bracket playing itself out as it is there. And that sort of changes is very, very disappointing. Um, one thing about UConn and um, in, in this extraordinary basketball program, uh, it's amazing that an assistant as good as Chris Daly has stayed with one program for mm-hmm. her entire career when she could have been a head coach almost anywhere. And, uh, and she's, you know, basically Gino's alter ego, and he's probably out for at most one game. Um, so um, so they're going to be fine, and he's going to be fine, and everybody should t- get their vaccinations as soon as possible because actually the Gino story proves that they work. 
Yes. In fact, the Gino story proves two things. One of them is, you know, the vaccines are supposed to, in fact, uh, the thing that they're supposed to do the most is to suppress the the most severe expressions of COVID-19. They're also supposed to require two weeks to fully cook up. I think he was five days out. But it's also a reminder to all of us who have been vaccinated that, you know, he may have been contagious still. So that's why all of us who have had, you know, both of our vaccines, as is the case for both me and for Bill, uh, need to wear a mask. And, you know, look out for the, for other people, too. All, all the good lessons are there. Generally, I would say in terms of basketball coaches, much more dangerous to be standing next to Rick Patino than Gino Ariyama, just for a, a, for so many a wide range, a wide range. Yeah, of, that's you, right. you could be. It's in, actually a permanent idea to maintain six feet di- of distance. Yeah. Uh, if you ever find yourself with Rick Pitino. Right. You could just be indicted accidentally, you know, by standing next to him. He is, by the way, I, coaching the Iona Gales. I, I know, Julie, it's hard for you to look things up on the spur of the moment, so I won't ask you uh, how the Iona Gales are going to do. But as we head towards the, uh, the our first break here, Julia, give us uh, give us these are I think this might be the year. I really love this technique so much. So um, yeah. give us another ghost pick here. OK, here's another incredible one. So at Clemson. There's a haunted tunnel nearby where Clemson used to age blue cheese, and apparently it's terrifying. (laughs) And at Rutgers, there's a ghost of one of Alexander Hamilton's ex-girlfriends. Now, she didn't really make it into the musical, so I don't really know. So she's really ticked off. Yeah, yeah, she's really pissed. That's a really good point. I gave it to the cheese tunnel, though. Um, Mm. That's just so, like, it's so sensory. The darkness. The blue cheese, the pungency. <laughs> Who wouldn't be scared? But but there isn't like a ghost like made out of blue cheese or something. Right? No, some of these are just places. Yeah. Uh, I'll give yeah. you one and more. Okay, you how love do you this. feel about blue cheese? I feel like you're projecting really here. Well, yeah. Also, oh, I love blue cheese. I'm concerned about when when Clemson plays Gorgonzola. No, it's Gonzaga. <laughs> Gonzaga. I'm sorry. Uh, All right. One Let more, me one give more. you one yeah. more. Yeah. There's the Hopkins. <laughs> handprint. Um, That's a terrifying handprint in an elevator where someone died in the elevator. I love that. And they're up against the extremely lame Oral Roberts. I'm sure it's a great school, but all I could find for ghost stuff is that you can rent a party bus and people will tell you ghost stories. So party bus versus creepy handprint in an elevator. And who's got the the creepy handprint? Ohio State. Ohio State. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. They'll probably win anyway but uh but that's good that's By the good. way, but mount st mary's is, is playing michigan is also has a gale which is a kind of uh, lucky the leprechaun on steroids mm. uh but they're lucky they're not going by your old system against michigan because the wolverine would tear that kind of pieces all right yeah, so well go ahead there's yeah, go ahead. a lot of animals too so yeah. we'll get there we're, we're, yeah we're coming to that i will say as we go to the break uh, i always do uh i, I keep uh, a watch on names and so Winthrop uh, has a guard named Adonis Arms, uh, mm-hmm. and, and he actually has great arms, apparently. He has spectacular arms and catches a lot of alley-oop passes and crunches them down. Uh, but his competition would be from Grand Canyon University's seven-foot uh, uh, Asborn Midgard. Uh, and I am reliably told that uh, Asbjorn, Asbjorn, I guess that's his name, that's Norse for God Bear. And I, I speak fluent, fluent Norse, so I'm, I'm fairly sure that's, that's true. So we're going to take a little break here. Plus uh, you've got that great helmet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the whole January 6th thing, it kind of wrecked the whole helmet thing. I yeah. Think, you know? yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't, I, don't, I don't wear the helmet so much anymore, oddly enough. All right. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to the president of the University of Hartford, where there is much, much happiness and excitement. I'm always last to be 
teeth and in some cases never poop at all. So I just lean up on the wall or sit up in the bleachers with the rest of the girls who came to watch they man ball. Dag y'all, I never understood black while the jocks get the fly girls and me I get the hood rats. I tell them scat, skittles, kebabble, got hit with a bottle and sit in a hospital for talking that mess. I confess it's a shame when you living in a city that's the size of a box and nobody knows your name. Glad I came to my senses like quick, quick, got sick, sick to my stomach, overcoming my thoughts of being us together. All right, we are back. This is our uh, March Madness show. Uh, we are very, very excited uh, to have back, as usual, uh, Bill Curry, who is playing the part of Bill Curry, Julia Pistel, founding member of CT Improv, uh, among mo- a, n- a number of other things, both of them indispensable to this show that we do every year. We often have college presidents on, particularly if they are, you know, maybe from teams that are not necessarily known as towering basketball powers. Uh, and um, we're going to do that today. It, well, we had a long, long relationship with Wofford uh, College, uh, and I don't think they were any good this year. So um, it's always upset, upsetting to us when the Wofford Terriers don't come through. Some other breaking news, Katie Tularski, who's supervising this whole thing. Julia, you'll be glad to know that she is going – she's happy with the blue cheese – uh, okay, ghost, good. the ghost of the blue cheese, um, and uh, you know, um, while we're awaiting, we're about to talk to the president of the University of Hartford. But while we're waiting for that connection to come through, oh, he's here, I think. Uh, so let's welcome to our conversation uh, Gregory S. Woodward, president of the University of Hartford, a composer, a musician, an athlete, a scholar, what we used to call a Renaissance person. Uh, maybe we still do. Uh, so welcome to the show, sir. Thanks so much. Nice to be on. And uh, I don't know, Renaissance, man, I'll, I'll take that. I think that was a pop song at one point, but uh, <laughs> I feel about as old as a Renaissance man at the moment. But you, you played Division One soccer. That's pretty impressive. I did, yeah. I went as a freshman and played at Villanova. Um, and then uh, I didn't finish my, my academic career there. I transferred. But, uh, you know, I was in, um, I'm in my high school Hall of Fame, which is right down the road from your high school. I went to Hall High and you went to Kingswood. This is all true, all true. I am not in my high school Hall of Fame, um, but I don't think we have one, but I still wouldn't be in it. So um, we should we, we should talk about, so Hartford is going to play Baylor. Hartford is coming in, you know, as a 16 seed. Uh, I think only one 16 seed has ever beaten, beaten a number one seed. 538 is giving Hartford a 2% chance to win. But it's still got to be pretty darn exciting. Uh, you know, I don't know how, because of the unusual situation that we're in, uh, how much you can sort of test the excitement of the entire student body. But when a school like Hartford gets in, it, it's a it's a big thing, right? It is a really big thing. You know, it's um, it's the first time in 36 years we've been Division One in men's basketball for 36 years. This is our first time for the dance. Our, our women's uh, teams have made it uh, six times. I think twice they got to the second round, which is great. You know, we live in the shadow of, of UConn, obviously, here in Hartford. But uh, we're proud to be in. We're proud that UConn is in. I'm a UConn alum, so I can say that with full, uh, full, you know, um, gratitude and, and, and reality. Um, but we're we're really happy. You know, this this is for us um, one of many signs that the university is doing great. You know, we've managed through this pandemic really well. We got lots of new programs, new buildings. We are sort of taking this moment in time to to invest and grow the university. And this is just this is for all of us kind of the cherry on the top. You know, look at. An extra, an extra bonus win and a, a great uh, tournament. And I think everybody in the Hawk Nation is 
having a little more fun with March Madness this year, that's for sure. Yeah, we should say that Hartford for a long time was a Division II team and would make the Division II tournament, made it four years in a row from 72 to 75, uh, and the Sweet 16 from 72 to 74. I don't know if that was Vin Baker time. It doesn't seem like that's the right time for that. No, it was earlier. It was earlier. Okay, yeah, yeah. Too early for Vin. Too too early for Vin, yeah. So... um, so, yeah, we have some other things that we need to discuss with you. So the, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, every year uh, one of our panelists, Julia Pistel, devises a method uh, of uh, anticipating the outcomes of teams. Uh, it's based on uh, close quantitative analysis uh, yeah. of a lot of variables that uh, many sports savants o- overlook. You're, you're very, very close. You are actually uncomfortably close. So, Julia, explain to uh, President Woodward what it is you're doing this year. Wow. Well, I have looked up ghosts and ghost stories in each college or nearby each college um, to determine which ghosts are scarier. Uh, and that oh. is who moves forward. So do you have uh, the University of Hartford, uh, University of Hartford Baylor matchup in front of you? Yeah, I do. So I would love some help on this if you could <laughs> offer because I couldn't find anything for the University of Hartford, which is clearly why you guys haven't made it before. You don't have scary enough ghosts. But I do happen to have used to work at the Mark Twain house. So I just gave you guys the Mark Twain house. It's close by. Um, and there's many good ghost stories there, including you can smell his cigar smoke um, and and his daughter, Susie, who died of malaria, wanders the hall. Very cool ghosts there. But unfortunately, you're up against the witch's castle at Baylor, which is a burned out structure where people say a witch used to live. Oh. Um, so that's a oh, tough boy, match. Yo, I, you, know, you should I have you some think? great ghost stories for you, though. I got to tell you, we, we have a um, we acquired the Hartford College for Women when they closed some years ago. And we we have that campus. And some of those buildings are are quite old. There's four buildings on the historic register. And. My public safety and, and facilities crew who are over there literally draw straws to see who has to go to, during the night shift because when they open certain doors, uh, a person appears, sometimes a woman who goes screaming off, sometimes they get a push in the back from a man. Uh, there's an icy feeling as you walk up one of the staircases. And, and I'll also tell you that I live in a house that was given to the university by a woman, uh, Mrs. Russell. And... Um, Everybody who's been in, in Russell House says that there's a little library right in, front, in the front of the house. And every time I go by there because of all the ghost stories, I just say quietly, thanks, Mrs. Russell, for letting me use your house. And uh, so, you know, I hope that adds to our, our point total a little bit. I got some good yeah. ghosts. Well, it's, it's very impressive, although I have to say the first ghost that you're describing was uh, illegally recruited by Rick Pitino to go to Iona. <laughs> so uh, that, that is no longer your ghost. You don't you don't have that ghost available to you anymore. Uh, <laughs> Bummer. Yeah, no, that ghost well, got, that ghost got $100,000 under the table from a sports apparel company just to go to Iona. So um, we should also say, Julia, that um, – that in the 1940s, this school competed as Hillier College, and it is believed the reason that they're called the Hawks is that the spectators would have to climb four flights of stairs in the old Chauncey Harris School on Hudson Street in Hartford to the Hawks Nest. They were originally going to be called the Hartford Out of Breaths uh, for the same reason. <laughs> but, um, but, but they're uh, I can tell you, though, that, you know what's kind of cool is that um, – I have a, a railing outside my office uh, on two sides. It's windows with a little balcony and a railing. And believe it or not, two hawks, a couple who mate for life, by the way, land on that railing uh, about once a week. And they sit there and look at me. and I can get real close to them. 
They also live on top of the, the student union building. And recently they laid a nest of, uh, of baby hawks on one of the, the roof of the building next to mine. So the, the reality is that there's lots of hawks flying around our campus and I see them all the time. And so it's, uh, it's that, it's whatever the reason was, whether it was the stairs or the, the pretend hawk's nest there really are lots of hawk's nests around us which is so, very cool that's a, but that's an, uh, that's an omen I, though that's an omen julia's using omens yeah, next year i have yeah. a tip yeah. i think you need to start an urban legend that <laughs> one of those hawks is the reincarnation of mrs russell yeah. and then you'll be good yeah. then you guys yeah. will go far right I would just like to say that it, but Julia has really found a soulmate in this conversation. <laughs> literally, it's my literally. show now, Bill. You guys have you guys have really hit it off. Yeah. I think we got ten more points coming right now. Yeah. You know, like uh, I'm glad Baylor isn't near the Alamo. We would have been a big loser. But uh, look, we are just elated <laughs> to be in the game. So fun to be playing. You know, this fabulous team and uh, being part of this madness. You know, everyone around here is literally dancing you know by, by being in the tournament so it's it's so fun and we're so proud of of our students coming through this tough year and I mean, honestly we're proud of higher ed we're proud of, uh, of the ncaa having the tournament we're proud of our university getting through the pandemic really in a great healthy place so it's all a win right it's so it's so fun we all needed a little bit of a, a sunshine you know uh, at this moment in time right we've been in kind of virtual winter since last march so time to break out this is great so that's, this is a beautiful place to stop, unless Bill Curry has a some kind of pointed uh, basketball or historical question that he would like to direct towards the president. Actually, I would just uh, point out that my high school had a great deal of uh, uh, involvement in U of University of Hartford basketball history. Uh, the great Pete Egan and Chuck Harding were on your first really successful team. And uh, oh, Jack yeah. Phelan was the person who coached you from Division Two into Division I. Uh, Jack yep. passed last year. A great, great guy. And, um, yeah, Jack and my dad went guy, to yeah. Hillier, and a friend of mine, Ralph Nader, taught at the University of Hartford. Did you know that? I didn't know Ralph taught that. <laughs> that is that is so cool. You know, I I was prepped, you know, for this phone call by my PR department. They gave me the list of every famous alum in the history of the University of Hartford, so I could recite a bunch of names for you. But we're happy in sports, you know, with Ben Baker and and Jeff Bagwell, the first you know Connecticut baseball player in the Hall of Fame, and. You know, uh, Jerry Kelly's doing well on the uh, the Champions Tour in golf, and you know we're we're just really proud of our of our athletes. We're proud of our all of our students. We had a we had a couple Grammy winners this you know past weekend. Uh, fabulous bass baritone who won a Grammy for his role in Porgy and Beth. So you know this is just oh, like wow. I say another another highlight for us. It's it's terrific. Sorry to see Jack, you know, leave us because he was quite a quite a legend, quite a figure around here. And speaking of that, we we haven't mentioned John Gallagher, the Hartford coach. I believe he's been on this show that we do from time to time in the past when Hartford wasn't in the big dance. Uh, and uh, this year, one of the exciting players is this guy DJ Mitchell, who sort of initially you know was coming out of high school, seeming maybe a little bit undersized, wasn't really necessarily projected to have the kind of uh, career that he's having. But uh, I just picked up a few Gallagherisms. Uh, that uh, <laughs> uh, he, if you walk into his locker room, apparently there's Certainly a sign. Is the day for it. Yeah, there's a sign. There's a sign that says, "Smaller the detail, greater the value." And and what Gallagher says about DJ Mitchell is he does all the small things in basketball: the extra pass, bring, being in the right position on defense, rebounding down, taking a charge. All the little things add up to winning. So I like that. The smaller the detail, the greater the value. And then uh, the, the other one, he says, uh, we talk about it all the time. Are you an energy giver or an energy taker? Every day of DJ. His career, he's been yeah. an energy giver. I think so. Gallagherisms. There's there's a little uh, money maker for you, President. Uh, yeah, small a little... small book of Gallagherisms. 
there's a lot of them. We should put that together and, and, and do it with like an, every other page is Mark Twain and then Gallagher the next page. And, you know, we'll come up with a bunch of sayings. He, he talks about the Hawk neighborhood a lot. And he talks about our neighborhood being both an internal sort of force, you know, on campus and a community force of people that rally around the Hawks. And that's kind of a beautiful thing. The, the great thing about John is that um, he can go from being, you know, a, 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 a thoughtful um very sincere, you know, 45-year-old, if that's what he is, to like the most ebullient, like 14-year-old you've ever met, like in an instant, right? Mm-hmm. So he's, he's, he's fun. He's a force of energy in nature. And, and we, we do have a lot of little guys on our team. Our, our, our roster has eight states and seven countries represented on it. So mm-hmm. John literally, like the old CBS, you know, uh, sports show, you know, travels the globe in search of uh, – a great basketball player. So, you know, good for him. It's, it's a great win for him. All right, we're going to have to stop it there. Uh, Gregory S. Woodward is the president of the University of Hartford. Thrilled to have him. We're going to come back with our final segment in which uh, Bill Curry and Julia Pistel and a bunch of ghosts are going to figure out what's really going to happen in the next few weeks. Then one day his mom brought him a basketball. And I love that basketball. I took that basketball everywhere I went. All right, we are back. Um, so today is my first day back in the studio. After a year, a year has gone by. Uh, somebody, we think it might be Gina Amatruda, has strung in shiny letters uh, across the ceiling here. Welcome home, Colin. It is home. It does feel like coming home. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, great to be uh, here with Cat uh, Pastor on the other side of the glass instead of down the line on a digital connection. It means we can wave at each other and do hand gestures and menace each other and stuff like that. So that's really good. Cat Pastor, of course, the technical producer. Uh, of the Colin McEnroe show and other shows here. She just got kind of a big uh, promotion herself, so that's really exciting for us. Uh, and uh, Jonathan McPants, of course, produces uh, this episode every year uh, with us uh, as our analysts are Julia Pistel uh, and Bill Curry. So, um, so uh, Julia, you're using uh, ghost stories and uh, other kinds of cryptic uh, legends. Uh, so give, give us another pick, and then we'll, uh, we'll have Bill do some kind of hard-nosed basketball analysis as well. Sure. Well, um, let me just highlight some good stories. Um, Sometimes the matchups are really one-sided. Like, how can you ever beat Kansas, who has a maid that haunts a fraternity and gives them all nightmares? Like, I love her. So (laughs) she's amazing. Is Kansas Um, playing anybody at all? Or do we even... uh, Yeah, they're playing Eastern Washington, and they just have a generalized demon. So boring. A a generalized Uh, demon? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the Dryden I mean, demon. A, a demon that didn't pick a, a pick a specialty or something? Listen, uh. Colin, I spent a whole five minutes per team, so <laughs> I, we're I at the limits of my knowledge. This, but is, this is time I, you'll never get back. <laughs> it, it still takes, like, many hours. Yeah. Uh, in Oregon, they have gnomes who will steal your umbrellas when you aren't looking, which I thought was pretty fun. Um, and, oh, my gosh, I love this one. In Utah at State. Um, there's a sorority that's haunted by a ghost that will flicker the lights if you start gossiping or acting snotty. So um, 
those sorority girls better keep it in line. Oh, absolutely. Uh, All right. So, so Bill, you know, we have to cover a few sort of Connecticut-related things. Uh, UConn women have a player this year who is being talked about in terms of and in the same breath with uh, the greats of the past, like Maya Moore and Diana Taurasi. Uh, tell us uh, about this uh, young guard. Well, first of all, she's already for sure uh, uh, at, at, at a Sue Bird level uh, player. Uh, and that's an extraordinary compliment. Uh, Sue Bird, who was named the 15 best WNBA players of all time. And I'm not quite sure yet. I'm not going to quite vote on the Tarasi, Maya Moore, Brianna Stewart, who were all bigger and stronger. Uh, uh, you have the sense about Paige Becker. She's, she's just amazing. Uh, uh, she's, you know, she plays like she's never been out of a gym in her whole life. <laughs> And, and, and her game is, she's a little small, she's 5'11", little, you know, thin, uh, uh, but her court sense is like uh, Pete Maravich-like. It's, it's, it's truly NBA uh, quality. I'm, I really mean that. And, uh, uh, and her shooting's not too shabby either. And so she's just spectacular. The thing about the, and, and by the way, the men are back as a force in college basketball for the first time in a few years. And and both these teams, the men and the women, I you know I, I I think the women can win it all, no question. And the men, I think, could easily make it. Not easily because they've got tough uh, rounds, especially if they get out of the first round, they have to beat Alabama. But they have Jim Calhoun level defense. They're playing now, some of the best defense in college basketball. And one of the things that draws us to these UConn teams, especially the women's team, is that as the game of basketball changes changes and becomes more star driven and uh, uh, and uh, more a game of isolation and much more a game of three-point shooting. They play the game like the traditionalists love it, with fabulous execution and effort and defense and passing. And uh, and that's true of both those teams. So I know it sounds like a home job. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – three home jobs are my prediction. So one, I think the UConn men, uh, they're going to have a battle against Alabama, but it's one they can win if they, if they make it to Sunday. And, uh, and I think they're going to outperform expectations. I think the women are going to be great. I think my other old alma mater, Georgetown, is going to knock upset Colorado in the first round. It could go further. A lot of the Big East teams just kept getting big, big better. And the last thing I'm going to say is Gonzaga. I, if, 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 if you get to see a team play, if, if, if you're a sometime basketball fan, you want to see Gonzaga. They're just spectacular. And uh, – uh, they also like the Yukon men and the Yukon women. They play the game. You, you, they show all the virtues of basketball, of sublimating the ego stars and working together and building a, a real team connection. It's all there. And, uh, and, and I really think they should be, uh, uh, they, they are rightly favored to win it all. So they would be the first undefeated national champion since 1976 mm-hmm. when Indiana did it. It's right. uh, it's no easy thing going, uh, you know, post to post undefeated in college basketball. Um, so I just want to say, as long as we're doing like Connecticut uh, homages and stuff like that, uh, I, arguably the most diversely Connecticut guy ever is currently the coach of uh, Rutgers, which is actually I think coming off a really long dry spell and, and making it back. Uh, his name is Steve Pickell. He's from he's born in Bristol, Bristol native. Then yeah. he played for UConn, and then after graduation, he became an assistant on the UConn staff. Then he moved to Yale University uh, as an assistant coach. Uh, from there, he became interim head coach at Wesleyan University. 
Then uh, uh, Howie Dickenman uh, became head coach of Central Connecticut State and hired Piquel as an assistant coach. Um, so he's he's had coaching jobs on all those other places. And then a fellow UConn alum, Carl Hobbs, uh, he the two of them were assistant coaches together, I think, at uh, George Washington, uh, which is not located in Connecticut, and neither is Rutgers. But Piquel, boy, I mean, he hasn't really missed many places in Connecticut where where you could coach a men's basketball team or play for a men's basketball team. So uh, that's uh, pretty impressive. And That is pretty impressive. We should also probably mention uh, uh, Rick Pitino, mm-hmm. uh, who's the number 16 seed in his bracket. And uh, therefore, coaching the uh, the first uh, underdog that no one's rooting for uh, in the history of March Madness, um, and uh, but he's he's back. This is his fifth team that he's coached into the tournament. You see. You have to give the devil his due. All right, and uh, I want. Speaking of the devil, I think we need to, need to go back to uh, mm-hmm. the supernatural uh, with uh, Julia Pistel. I, I don't know. What do you want? To, with some of our remaining time, do you want to go over some specific matchups? Do you want to sort of take us to to the final four and tell us who's yeah. going to win this whole thing? Yeah, let's break it down yeah. for us, Julia. Sure. So, um, in my final four, I had that creepy elevator handprint. So we went through that one. Um, but we haven't really talked about the Midwest at all. Um, I love in Illinois, there's a legend that grad school students got so tired that they died in the stacks. Um, love that haunting the library, but another library one, um, in West Virginia, there's a ghost of Sheba, the cat, who started haunting the library shortly after they changed the Dewey Decimal System. I think that's so (laughs) funny um, that Sheba the Cat won that one for me. And then finally, oh, I love this. In Michigan State, there's like the longest running scientific experiment ever. Um, They this professor buried some seeds and every few years they dig them up and test them. Um, So apparently that professor still haunts his own experiments. So Michigan state's in my final four, but then really hard to beat you guys. Virginia has so many good ones. They have Edgar Allan Poe's room. That's really great. Um, But they also have an old anatomical lab that still smells um, from back from the Confederacy. So um, those were my final four, Virginia, Ohio State, West Virginia, and Michigan State. And I gave it all to Sheba the Cat from West Virginia. All right. Sheba the Library Cat, who was upset about the removal of the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah. I would say yeah. the smell, any yeah. time there's, you have an unpleasant smell, I would see if there's a Fiji mermaid anywhere around. Because exactly. Sounds like <laughs> you got to really, look around. Seems, seems like that would be one of the worst smells ever. We should say that Virginia right now is in the unique position, uh, regular Virginia, not West Virginia. They actually are in quarantine until Thursday. So I, I think the Cavaliers will be showing up uh, for the tournament on Friday. Uh, so they're in a somewhat unusual position. Uh, all right. So, Bill Curry, do you want I, you don't know anything about ghosts as far as I know, but do you want to like give us your well, sense of how you think things are going to go? I, I would just like to say that, uh, you know, uh, I, I can see where Katie questioned a, a couple of Julia's uh, 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 predictions here. A lot of these ghosts, frankly, you know, the library cat, the botanist. Uh, they don't sound that scary to me. Wow. wow. You know? Well, See, this is... I guess you've never had Mex the dog from Oklahoma <laughs> lick your hand at night. How well, do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I don't. Maybe, he's, he's, maybe, maybe not. He's, you know, he's certainly had a tri- say, he's had huh? experiences that could I... be attributed to a phenomenon like that anyway. Whether that, <laughs> Let me just say, I, 
I say all this remembering full well, especially that year where she had the mascots beating each other up, that uh, by this absolutely crackers methodology each year, she's beaten my bracket like twice. Right. Yeah. And, and also, when, so, they, when they think about know, this whole Zoom... It's been a humiliation. Right. I'm so glad we're not filling them out this year. Well, also, I'm, I'm very happy that, um, you know, we're doing Zoom this year because usually the two of you have to be physically separated at some point yeah. when the tempers yeah. start to yeah. flare. And, so. I've been and asked... then I lose that, too. Yeah. This is just, you know... <laughs> Wait, maybe I when want... we're all back in real time, we could still do this show on Zoom. Yeah. Think about uh, it. Before Bill gives his final prediction, I did want to nod to UConn, and I feel like I need some help on this one, too. Connecticut, we've got to get our legends together. Um, the best thing I could find for UConn is a haunted, creepy prosthetic leg, um, <laughs> which is very cool, but so disembodied that, you know, we need to clean up our legends. So everybody write to Colin and explain this or give him a better story. I, I like it. I like a disembodied leg. Uh, I mean, haunted. Yeah. Uh, just like hop around and stuff by, by itself. Um. Yeah, I I couldn't really get the story. It just looks terrifying and has some like you know runes and stuff scribbled on it. Because it's getting better all the time. I can't believe they're not going all the way. Uh, All right. So we've got uh, like sixty seconds left. So Bill Curry, who's going to win? UConn women are going to win it all. Uh, They're uh, a a great team, uh, and uh, and there are other people on that team. That are all great. It, the UConn men are going to do. Are, they're not going to win at all. I, I I really believe Gonzaga is is the rightful favorite. Although the reason they call it March Madness is that great teams lose one game and they're gone. But 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 Gonzaga and 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 UConn for men and women and the UConn men. This guy James Booknight is great. But both these teams, Connecticut basketball fans are so spoiled. Between Gino Ariama and Jim Calhoun, the programs they built have been so magnificent. That, you know, we barely pay attention unless they're unless they're gunning for a national championship, and th- they're th- they're both really good, and they also have a lot of good players, not just one or two. On all both right, of them. I'm going to have to jump in there just so just so well just so well have time to thank you all. I got to jump in and say thanks to Bill Curry playing the part of Bill Curry on our show today. Julia Pistel, founding member of CT Improv, and many many other other qualities as well, and lots of involvement in public radio these days, from what I hear on the grapevine. Thanks to Gregory Woodward, who's the president of the University of Hartford, Cat Pastor Jonathan McPants. Great to be back in the studio. I'm here to stay. I guess I can't say what tomorrow's show is but there'll be a show.